On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, I share some suggestions on what to look for when trying to find a new church for your family. Before we dive into that, though, I want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. Samaritan Ministries connects hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. The prayers, encouraging notes, and money you receive to help pay your medical bills assure you you're not alone. It's biblical, affordable, and you can join today. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare providers and treatments that work best for you and your family. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries, and they notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to help pay for your medical bills. Samaritan Ministries is not insurance. There are no network restrictions. You have the freedom to choose your doctors, treatments, hospitals that work best for you and your family. It's affordable with monthly share amounts starting at $250 for a family of three or more. And with no network restrictions, you choose the healthcare providers that work best for your family needs. They also have online resources available to help you choose a quality provider, to price medical procedures, and 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. It reminds me of Galatians 6.2, which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you'd like to be part of this amazing community, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash dadtired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash dadtired. Sometimes I think when we are thinking about the concept of being the spiritual leader of our home, we can oftentimes overcomplicate it and we just think too deeply about it. <laughs> you know, like uh, what devotional do I need to use? I, do I know enough theology? Have I studied the Bible well enough? We add too many things, which is kind of classic human behavior. We love to make things more complicated, to add more rules than there need to be. And the truth is, you just don't need to overcomplicate it. The The best spiritual leaders I know are the guys who, they just, they read the Bible, they do what it says, they pray with their kids, they take their kids to church, they make sure they're involved in the community. You know, we're like, just basic stuff, man. So you see a lot of guys who are kind of getting dragged by their wives to church on Sunday. You know, you're missing a game. Uh, you just don't want to be there. You don't want to mix it up with people. You've worked hard all week, and the last thing you want to do is like get up and go to church where they just tell you what to do and give you ask for all your money, right? <laughs> that's it's kind of a classic notion that a lot of guys have. So we don't want to be those kind of guys. We want to be the kind of guys who say, no, I'm going to find a good church for my family where my kids can be around other families who are trying to follow Jesus really well. And we want to get to know them and we want them to get to know us. And so we're not getting dragged to church by our wives. Instead, a good spiritual leader is like, I'm going to find a good church, man. And I'm going to figure out a way to get plugged in and to serve and to learn the scriptures and to do life alongside of people. And not only am I not being dragged by my wife to go to church, but I'm the first one up and I'm spending some time with the Lord and I'm bringing my family with me and I'm excited to do it. So I know with all that said, though, it can be hard to find a church that you're like, man, it's just, it's been hard to find a church that is just is, is a good church that me and my family can get plugged into. I hear that a lot. You know, I live out here on the West Coast in Portland. And so I would say after traveling for the last five, six years around the country, I have noticed that there are actually a lot more solid churches in the Bible Belt. I totally understand why they call it the Bible Belt. <laughs> now, <laughs> after being out on the West Coast, I grew up in California, live in Portland area now. And so, you know, there is a big difference between trying to find a good, healthy church out here versus just the quantity of churches that there are in the South. And so wherever you're listening, though, whether you have a church on every corner in your town or maybe you live in a place where it just it seems scarce and it's really hard to find a quality church, wherever you're at on that spectrum, 
the reality is we want to find a good faith family that we can get plugged into, and sometimes that's really difficult. And so what I want to talk about today, after being in the church world since I was 18 years old, literally got hired full-time at a church at 18 years old, since then I've worked in churches, I've traveled and spoken at hundreds of different churches, and so I just want to share kind of my two cents, take it for what it's worth, take it with a bunch of salt, a few grains of salt here, but I just want to share some things that have stuck out to me and some suggestions I might have for you if you're asking yourself, how do I find a good church? How do I lead my family to find a church that we can get plugged into? That's really what I want to tackle today. You know, one thing that sticks out to me as I'm traveling around, and I do this a few times a month, I'll go to churches and I'll speak. We'll either do a dad tired conference or we'll do, uh, or I'll get invited to speak at another church service or a conference or whatever. One thing that really sticks out to me, man, is you can almost immediately, and you guys know me, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I try not to over-spiritualize things, but I don't want to under-spiritualize things either. But sometimes you just show up to a church and you can be there for minutes, dude, and you can almost immediately sense that the Spirit of God is at work. Now, if you're not part of church and you're like, you're just like, this is all new to you. And you hear me say things like that, like this, you can just sense the spirit of God. I know that sounds weird, bro. I know that that's a, like a weird thought, but I'm telling you, it's not like finding a good business or a good restaurant where you walk in, you got to sit down and get served and something. There's something supernatural happening. There's something bigger than just how the decor is at the church and what kind of font they use for their logo and all this stuff. There's like, there's something deeper happening and you can sense it pretty quickly. When I go to speak at these churches and I'm there even just for a few minutes, I interact with pastors, I interact with some of the people of the church, you just get a sense that, man, this place is different. And maybe it even looks the same as the 15 other churches that you went to, but there's just something different. And so really what I want to try, to, I'm, it's hard to explain. It's definitely hard to quantify that to like say, okay, how do you put some tangible data behind that feeling? Well, I don't know. You know, you just have to trust the spirit of God's leading you and you can sense, man, when the spirit of God's working in you and you're around other people, you're like, you can just sense like the spirit of God is alive and at work here. But I also want to give some like practical, as many practical things as I can, that as you're looking for a church, here's some things that you can look for. Ultimately, what we're trying to find is that the spirit of God is at work and he is moving. And I'll just say the reverse of that. There have been times where I've been at certain churches and you do get the sense that, man, this thing is running, this machine is running almost exclusively on man-made effort. And I know that sounds terrible, but that's the truth. And oftentimes that's a leadership, top-down leadership. So you have a senior pastor or the the lead person or your, your board. And oftentimes you have, in these kind of churches, you have these kind of leaders who are just, they are convinced that their ideas are what is going to drive the growth and health of the church. And maybe they are sharp and they've got lots of great ideas. But if you do not have somebody who is humble enough to say, listen, this is the stuff of God we're talking about here. Like I have no control (laughs) really at the end of the day. Like I'm talking about a leader that says I have no control of changing anybody's lives. We need God to come and do something that I am not personally capable of doing or our team or our staff is not capable of doing on our own. We need Jesus to show up. When you have a leader or leaders or people in leadership that have that kind of posture, it bleeds down. It, you feel that and you, you get a sense of that at the church. And there's times, just frankly, when that's not happening. When subconsciously or subtly, I should say, you have a leader who is convinced or leaders or board who is convinced that they are smart enough to kind of lead the people of God without God. 
and you show up to that church and everything looks right and everything on paper and they've got cool marketing and cool worship and fog machines and they're doing all the right thing and yet something very serious is missing and that's the Spirit of God at work through humble people leading the people of God closer to himself. And so at the end of the day, what we really want is we want to find churches with really humble leaders. But let me give you some just thoughts. This popped out to me because I did have somebody in our family leadership program. If you're not part of that, we'd love to have you be part of that. You can go to dadtire.com forward slash lead. Um, But one of the guys in our family leadership program reached out and said, hey, man, we're in the middle of trying to find a church. Any suggestions on what to look for when looking for a church? Here's some things that came to mind. The first one is this. Do they, and I mean people in leadership, pastors, leadership staff at the church, do they talk about Jesus more than they talk about you? I mean this in general, but I also mean this specifically when they're on stage teaching the word of God. Like when you show up on a Sunday and you're at a service, do they talk about Jesus and the gospel more than they talk about you? If you just you know sit in on three, four services, maybe watch a few services online, when they're talking, when they're getting to the main point of their message, is the point Jesus and the good news of the gospel, or is the point you? You can overcome this. God has great things for you. God has big plans for your life. You are great because God made you great. You know, you just literally count the words. Like how many times did they say Jesus? How many times did they talk about the gospel? And how many times did they talk about you? Because here's the truth, man. Churches can grow. Some of the biggest churches I've seen have the most money, have the most growth, have the most people, even have the most energy are churches that talk about you a lot. And dude, the truth is, man, it's easy to grow churches like that. (laughs) It's easy to grow a church when you tell everybody that God has great plans for you, that God wants you to be really rich and healthy and successful and you're an overcomer and God is going to do massive things through you. Who wouldn't want to be part of that church and who wouldn't want to toss some money into the basket? But the truth is that is not gospel centered. The gospel, the story of God, the story of all the scriptures is about Jesus. And so we want our eyes to be focused on Jesus. You can even see this in the songs that they sing during worship. Is it all about me? God, you've done great things for me. You're going to do great. You know, it's all, it's me, me, me centered. And that is not the foundation of Christianity. The foundation of Christianity is I'm a wretched sinner. I've fallen far from the goodness of God and from the grace of God. And yet it's God's grace that is amazing, that saved me and is turning my unrighteousness to righteousness now. And so I want our eyes to be pointing back to Jesus as much as possible, not about me. Can God do great things through you? Of course. But dude, you are not the main character of the story. Your family's not the main character of the story. You will be here and then you will die really quickly and the story moves on without you. This is not your story. The scriptures are not about you. They're about Jesus. And so what you want to do is look for a church that really is pointing back to the hero of the story, and that's Jesus, not you, not your family, not the people of the church, not even the church itself. If you hear people, you know, we're the greatest church, we're the biggest, we're doing the... Man, I think you may have, they've lost sight of the who is the real hero of the story, and that's Jesus. So the first thing I'd say is, do they talk about Jesus more than they talk about you? Yes, their church may be huge because it's a they're preaching these motivational messages, but man, dangerous stuff. We want to come back to the good news of the gospel. Are they talking about God, Jesus as the hero and the main character of the story, not about you, not about their church? The second thing I would say is, do they read scripture in context? These two things kind of go hand in hand. Sometimes you'll hear a pastor 
kind of cherry pick one verse. A really classic example of this might be, let's just do a whole sermon on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oftentimes what happens there is you have a, a pastor who is, again, or leadership who is, again, making this the story of the Bible about you, not about God. And they've completely taken verses out of context to kind of build you up and make you feel good about yourself, that you can go achieve anything you want because God's on your side. What we want to do is we want to find churches who are reading scripture in their full context. This is really important, man. I grew up in churches where the pastor would make whole sermons off of one word or off of one verse that was completely out of context. And everyone felt really good about it, and you clap, and you you feel more empowered and really motivated, but you didn't actually learn the scriptures or the context of the scriptures. And I'll just be honest with you guys. I am not a Bible scholar. If you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know, I leave it up to guys who are much smarter than me. But that's not to say I don't appreciate really, really solid theological biblical teaching. I want to sit under leaders who are smarter than me, who have studied the Bible, who are teaching the Bible in its context. I don't want just a fluffy motivational message. I want good theology. And that happens by finding leaders who are serious about teaching the Word of God in context. And a really simple way of kind of learning this or or finding out if this is true of that church is just how many verses do they read when they're reading that the portion of scripture that they're teaching from? Is it just one verse? Are they giving a context? Did they give you history of what was the writer saying? Who was the writer talking to? What was happening right before that? What was happening right after that? Just giving you context of the scripture. That being said, man, I will say I have seen a lot of churches that focus so much on becoming like studious of the scriptures that they've lost sight of the Holy Spirit, meaning we're just going to really study this like it's a text and we forget that there's a living God behind this text. If we just study scripture for the sake of scripture, we fall short. Scripture is supposed to be studied in its context for good theology so that we can get to know the person of God. And there are a lot of churches who are just studying scripture and they're missing getting to know the person of God. And so both need to be happening. You need to study the scriptures in their context, theologically sound. Give us the full context of the scriptures that we're learning. But also, let's remember that that's pointing us back to the person of Jesus. If you find churches that are doing that, they're teaching biblical passages in their full context, and then it comes back to, but how does this get us closer to Jesus? How does that help us fall in more in love with Jesus so that we can live out that gospel truth in everyday life? Dude, you're starting to find a really healthy church. And honestly, if I'm totally honest, these can be rare where you find churches like that, but it's worth continuing to search for because that, that it's super important to find a church that's teaching the scriptures in context and then also relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to work through that text to point you closer to Jesus so that you can live on mission for him. I'm trying to fly through these. I apologize if I'm going really fast here. The third thing that stuck out to me as this person asked, what, do they, what would I suggest they look for when looking for churches? How do they focus on discipleship? So <laughs> here's an example. <laughs> I grew up, I was visiting a church from time to time that was near in our neighborhood. And I'd go visit the church really because I liked the music. I was a worship pastor in kind of my early days. And so I really, I liked the music of this church. Anyway, I'd visit there. And every week they would tell, the pastors would stand on stage and they would say like, 50 people came to know Christ last week. 100 people came to know Christ last week. 150 people, you know, they're just like bragging about all these massive numbers of people that are coming to know Christ, which is, that's cool, man. I was like, that's sweet. All these people are coming to know Christ. 
But here's the thing. The church was like 400 people. (laughs) They're throwing around these massive numbers and the church isn't very big as far as people go. And so you start to have a math problem. If this many people are coming to know Christ at the church, how come the church isn't bigger? Mathematically, that doesn't add up. Here's what that's actually telling me is they're measuring success based on converts, not on disciples. So what's happening is they're having a lot of people say a prayer and then they're baptizing these people who say a prayer, but they're not focused on discipleship. And then what happens is your church never actually grows in discipleship. People aren't becoming more like Christ. They've just made a one-time decision, maybe emotionally. They've made a one-time emotional decision to repeat a prayer and maybe you get them to get baptized, but then you've never focused on their spiritual journey of discipling them, of growing them up in Christ. And now they've just fallen off. They've gone back to their old life. They've gone back to, they're probably not even around the church. If discipleship was happening, when you say you've got 50, 100, 150 people coming to know Christ, well, your church should be growing by leaps and bounds because you've not only converted them, but you've kept them and now you've discipled them and helped them mature in the faith. That's a sign of a healthy church. I would rather have a church of 400 disciples, people who are growing in their spiritual maturity, people who are starting to understand this is what it looks like to die to myself daily, to become a disciple of Christ, to throw off my old ways and to mature in Jesus. Dude, if you have 400 people like that, the world is changing as opposed to you've got potentially dozens or hundreds of people who are just saying a prayer and then you never see them again. That is not what Jesus meant when he said, go into all the world and make disciples. We're not trying to make converts. We're trying to make disciples. And so one thing you can just ask the church leaders, if you, if you started to find a church that you like and, and you're like, man, this, I think this might be a good church for us to plug into. One of the questions you can ask the leaders are one of the questions you can ask for the leaders is what does discipleship look like at this church? When somebody comes to know Christ here, how are we as a church raising them up into spiritual maturity? And then just listen, Do they have some kind of plan for discipleship or is it all about a Sunday morning experience? So that would be that. The other thing I would say to look for when looking for a healthy church that you can plug into as a family is, uh, are they a blessing to the community? Do people in the community, even if they don't go to that church, do they know of the church? And, And do they have a reputation? What's their reputation like? Are they judgmental? Is it like, oh man, none of the non-Christians in that town like people at that church or like that church because they're judgmental. They don't tip after service. I've heard reputations like this, that a church, you know, a big church will get out on a Sunday and then they'll kind of flood the local restaurants and all of the waitresses and waiters hate working on Sunday afternoon because everyone from that church is rude and they don't tip. That's a terrible reputation. When Jesus says, be salt and light, add flavor and goodness and hope to the communities around you. That's not the kind of reputation you want. What we should have happening is having all the waiters and waitresses, all the service people wanting to work on Sunday afternoons because that church and those people of God have such a good reputation of being salt and light to the community around them that they can't wait to interact with them. And so just try to understand, try to study and figure out what is the reputation of this church within the community? Are they a blessing or are they a burden to the community? Another thing to look for is how are the young families? Are there young families around? Now, I know this can be hard. You know, sometimes you'll go to a church and it's just a ton of people who are a lot older. And that's awesome, man. It shows that there's some faithful generations that have been going there. But you can tell the health of a church based on the diversity in both culture and age. And so is it diverse? Is it diverse in the, in the demographic that it's reaching? And again, sometimes that'll be 
diverse race and cultures and things like that. That's a really healthy, great church. And sometimes it's also a diversity in age. Do you have young people? Are there kids? Are kids welcome? What's the attitude towards young families? Are there older people? Are there wiser sages who are pouring into younger people? This is a really healthy, multi-generational churches are very healthy churches. And you can just tell the truth. Like if there are no young people around, the reality is that church is probably going to be disappearing in the next 40 to 50 years, which is really sad. And so you have to just make a determination as a family. Do we want to be part of being a young family that comes in here and really pours in and serves at this church? Or is this a sign that, man, they have no value for young families? And as a result, they don't really have a value for the future of the church. And it's probably not the best church for us to go to. The last thing I would say is, how do they measure success? And this is the one thing that I constantly am looking for as I'm traveling across the country and I'm interacting with different church leadership as I'm, I'm asking them, how do you measure success here? How are things going? I always just say, hey, how are things going? And then I listen. And that's one of the simplest questions you can ask to church leadership if you're looking for a church. Hey, how are things going here? What would you say is the health of the church? Listen to how they measure success. Oh man, giving's really good. Budget's up. We're just renovating this new building. You know, we've got these kind of things. Or are they saying things like, and this is how I know a church is healthy, is when a pastor or when leadership is telling me about life change. And I love this. And I've been in some really great churches this year where I'm talking to pastors and the pastors will say things like, and when I'll say, hey, how's the church going? How, what's the health of the church? And they'll say things, oh man, you got to meet Rick over here. Like Rick was an alcoholic six months ago and the guy's been, he gave his life to Christ and he's been coming and we've been discipling him and he's learning the word and he's being obedient and he's loving his family really well. And his kids are now coming to church. Like when a pastor or leadership is telling me this is success, I'm like, oh man, I'm in a good church here. They get it, that the primary mission of the church is to see the gospel and the kingdom of God advanced. People are coming in to know Christ. People are growing in discipleships. Discipleship lives are being changed for the sake of the gospel. The kingdom is expanding out of these walls and into the neighborhoods. That's a healthy sign. That's a sign of a really healthy church. And so I just ask leadership, how is it going? How do you guys define success here? And just listen. So again, just as a quick recap, do they talk about Jesus more than they talk about you? Do they read scripture in context? How are they focusing on discipleship? What does discipleship look like at the church? Are they a blessing to the community? What's their reputation? Are there young families around? And how do they measure success? Listen, ultimately, here's the deal. There's no perfect church. I've been in a lot of churches, mixed it up with a lot of pastors over the, a long time. And I can tell you, every church is messy, man. But if they're humble, look for humble leaders who know that God is the one who's going to change the church and they're teaching the gospel, and they're preaching the word of God in context, and they they want to be a blessing to community. When you find churches like that, it's going to be messy. Leadership will let you down. Pastor may you know fail in some area if there's major failure, obviously, but you know he's going to let you down somewhere. He's a human. Your your staff are humans. The people in the church are humans. It's just it's a messy and it's broken. But ultimately, you find a church that's preaching the gospel and and it's healthy based on the measurements that I just suggested. Then man, just plug in. And, and commit there. You, the most radical thing you can do as a young dad right now is to just commit, to just show up, man. Be committed, serve. Just say, hey, we're here. We're going to be here every week. We're going to give our tithes here. We're going to support this church financially and with our time. And we're going to pour into it because we want to be used. We see this as a family of God and we want to be used by God in this local family to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's really, dude, that's radical, man. You're 
seriously stepping up as a spiritual leader if that's the kind of attitude you take. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. I know I kind of flew through that. Would love to hear your feedback. If you've got any feedback, come shoot a message over on social media. We hang out on Instagram a lot. You can find us at Dad Tired. Love to hear your thoughts on just what do you look for when you're looking for a healthy church. But I hope that's helpful for you guys. I love you. I'll see you next week. Later. Thank you.